0: I'm Tom McKinnon. And I'm Ted Burnham. This is How on Earth for Tuesday, February 22nd, 2011.
1: Coming up, CU students help in space research.
2: Because I want to be an astronaut. (laughs) But really, I think it's also, not only do I want to be an astronaut, but I think everybody else should have the opportunity to be an astronaut if they wanted to.
1: And how you can save a bundle and reduce your carbon footprint at the same time. We begin with a look at some recent news in science. Ted, what's new on heart disease? Heart disease can be a killer, and most doctors urge
0: patients to lower cholesterol to reduce the risk of a heart attack. But what about the other fat that circulates in the blood called triglycerides? Well, there's a stronger link now between triglycerides and heart disease, in particular stroke. Stroke is the third leading cause of death in the U.S., the most common way it happens is when a piece of plaque dislodges from an artery wall, leading to clots that block the supply of blood to the brain. A study by researchers in Denmark has just revealed that increasing levels of triglycerides are associated with an increased risk of stroke. The study tracked over 1,300 men and women—excuse me, 13,000 men and women—who were enrolled in the Copenhagen City Heart Study for over 30 years. Interestingly, higher cholesterol levels were associated with greater stroke risk in men, but not in women. But higher triglyceride levels were associated with increased stroke risk in both genders. Current guidelines on stroke prevention already target cholesterol levels, but the lead author of the study, Dr. Marianne Benn from Copenhagen University, suggests that it's time to change the guidelines to include triglycerides. Details are online in Annals of Neurology. And now, Brianna Draxler will tell us about climate change and rainfall.
3: Rain is a defining characteristic in the Pacific Northwest. Most of that region gets over 30 inches a year, and some areas get over 200. But human-caused climate change may alter this, according to the results of a recent study. Increasing droughts in this normally rainy area spurred a team of scientists from the University of Pittsburgh to explore the region's historical precipitation patterns. The scientists looked at lake-bottom sediments in Washington State to determine how often droughts occurred, how long they lasted, and how severe they were. The team then pieced together a 6,000-year timeline of precipitation and evaporation in the Pacific Northwest. The results, published yesterday in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Science, show that El Nino events off the coast of Ecuador drive much of the precipitation fluctuations in areas such as Washington and Oregon, And while droughts have occurred throughout the 6,000 years the scientists analyzed, the length and severity of these dry periods have increased in the last century. The scientists suspect that rising ocean temperatures are driving these droughts. A stronger El Nino in the Pacific Ocean means less rain in the Pacific Northwest. As population and greenhouse gas production both increase, they warn that even this normally rainy area may end up short of water. For How on Earth, this is Brianna Draxler.
0: ever want to visit other planets will need to know how life survives during long space voyages. And not just human life. Space explorers will need to grow their own food and prevent the spread of disease in the confined environment of a spacecraft. For today's researchers, that means sending animals, plants, humans, and even microbes into orbit, and designing scientific equipment to study how space travel affects their growth. There's a word for this blend of biology, engineering, and space science. Bioastronautics. Christine Fanchang is a Ph.D. student in bioastronautics at the University of Colorado and a research assistant at the Bioserve Space Technologies Center. She spoke with us about two projects she's been working on that will launch with the space shuttle Discovery on its last flight later this week. One experiment was designed by scientists in North Carolina and will test the potency of Staphylococcus bacteria in microgravity. The other, designed by researchers at the University of Florida, will study the growth of cell cultures from a tropical plant that could be used to produce biofuels. I began by asking Ms. Fan Chang about Bioserve's role in developing spaceworthy experiments.
2: Bioserve is a research group within, I guess, our bioastronautics group, and their job is to help design and build payloads for a lot of our PIs or researchers around the nation. So when I guess an investigator or researcher wants to study some type of phenomenon in microgravity, they'll come to us, to Bioserve, to determine how do they best design their hardware or their experiment to make it work in the space shuttle or the International Space Station.
0: So what kind of hardware uh, do you generally work with? What does that mean in this
2: case? For example, the upcoming missions... We have two different payloads we're supporting. One is a cell's mission, which is for determining plant growth in vitro, which is where they will put in bits of plant material in some type of medium in space and see how it grows. And for us, we provide the hardware, which would be, in this case, glass barrels in which we put the particular plant material, plant life with liquid that contains growth medium for that plant. And then you allow it to flourish when it's in space and see how it, I guess, responds.
0: So that's the gap, the group activation pack is the, the name yes, of that, right? We
2: have these separate glass barrels or FPAs, which are fluid processing apparatus. And what we do is put eight of these glass barrels together into a gap or a group activation pack. And on orbit, the astronauts can then use this use a hand crank to activate each of these experiments.
0: So you're building these high tech This high tech equipment, and then an astronaut just literally turns a crank to start it.
2: We make it simple so when the astronauts are up there, they don't really have to think. All they have to do is, okay, follow instructions, and they're easy enough to do right when they're up in space.
0: And what was your personal role in in putting together this project?
2: My role is supporting, helping support the researchers and getting the equipment that they need when they need it. For example, right now, our PIs have gone down to Florida to start loading all their equipment, and we need to make sure we have all our equipment cleaned, sterilized. So we you know, prepare the hardware, send it down there. The PIs do all the scientific loading, putting in the different mediums, the different test cells that they're using, and then I'll be headed out for the discovery launch.
0: Let's step back a little bit. What made you choose bioastronautics as opposed to some other branch of aerospace?
2: Um, Because I want to be an astronaut. (laughs) But really, I think it's also, not only do I want to be an astronaut, but I think everybody else should have the opportunity to be an astronaut if they wanted to. Going into bioastronautics, it's the field where you can learn how to get humans up into space, but also what are the challenges, both political and engineering, right, to get people up into space. So to me, it's a big deal if I want to ever become an astronaut, especially now that the space shuttle is retiring. We have to look for alternative areas to get students or anybody in general, the general public, up into space.
0: How long have you wanted to be an astronaut?
2: (laughs) I think I only realized that in my college years. When I realized, because used to, as a little kid, I thought astronauts were like an untouchable elite. After being in college and having the opportunity to meet a lot of former astronauts and get to talk to them, get to know them, even here at CU you start to realize it's not an impossible dream. And because of that, I think it it prompted me to want to go into bioastronautics and want to see how far I can get to become an astronaut eventually.
0: So this is one of the last flights of the space shuttle. Now that it's retiring, like, is there a nostalgia, a nostalgia factor here for you?
2: It's not so much tied to the space shuttle. It's more about the whole access to space and humans being in space. So from that perspective, I think it is a little nostalgic to see that we're not going to have this symbol of you know humans in space for at least a couple more years until we get the next wave of
0: commercial human space flight. It sounds like that's a direction that you might be considering for a career going into commercial development.
2: Absolutely. Um, I think that's the new generation. I'm very excited about it. And I'm I'm very happy to see that CU has so many opportunities up and coming for, especially for the aerospace program, specifically in, you know, human spaceflight development.
0: Well, it sounds like a dream come true. I wish I could be in your shoes.
2: <laughs> Christine <laughs> you.
0: Fanchang, thank you for talking with us at How on Earth.
2: Great. Thank you very much, Ted.
0: That was Christine Fan Chang, a PhD student in bioastronautics and research assistant at the University of Colorado's Bioserve Center. Ms. Fan Chang is currently in Cape Canaveral preparing equipment that will carry two scientific experiments into orbit aboard the Space Shuttle Discovery on Thursday. This will be Discovery's final flight.
1: You're tuned to How on Earth, the KGNU Science and Technology Show. I'm your host, Tom McKinnon. With the down economy, we're all searching for ways to save money, but the best place to look for cash might not be in the sofa, but instead at the thermostat on your wall. In the studio with us is Beth Beckel, an energy efficiency and sustainability specialist with the Boulder County Energy Smart Service. She's here to tell us about the Boulder County Home Energy Audit Program that rolled out at the beginning of the year. Beth, welcome to Hell on Earth
4: thanks, Tom. Glad to be here
1: so to get us started, uh, fill us in on how the Energy Smart service uh, got its start
4: well energy smart is is really a combination of several years of, of experiments and, and different services that have been offered in Boulder county and we we finally had the the means to be able to put them all together in one um, start to finish service to really help homeowners and business people in Boulder County go all the way from from that first question about. Where do I start? Um, how do I save money? How do I make my home more comfortable? We'll take you all the way from there to making those improvements in your home and hopefully helping you find uh, some ways to help finance those improvements as well.
1: Okay, so let's say uh, I want to get an energy uh, audit done in my home, which, by the way, I have done. Um, uh, what what would be the first step that I would do?
4: Well, hopefully your first step is going to be either logging into our website or, or giving us a call on the phone uh, Calling us at our Energy Smart Hotline, uh, we'll we'll get you set up right away with with a personal assistant. Uh, that's kind of the cornerstone of this service is a, a personal energy advisor to help walk you through each step of the process, and uh, they'll be there with you from from start to finish, uh, going right from that first step, which is getting a home energy assessment, that technical analysis of your house.
1: Okay, so that's uh, somebody that would. Come and knock on my door. Uh, and, and by the way, if you're a, a renter, don't despair. The, the county has a, a program for that as well. We'll come to that uh, towards the end of the interview. Okay. So I get the knock on the door. Uh, what happens next?
4: Right after you sign up for the service, uh, we'll schedule you uh, hopefully within a couple of weeks to get that energy assessment. And uh, you'll have two folks knocking on your door during that first visit. The first is a is a technical uh, specialist. That's your energy auditor, if you're familiar with the the industry lingo. They'll come in with their their technical tools, which are pretty pretty cool they've got something called a blower door which they'll hook up into your open doorway and actually pressurize your house so as they as they suck air out of the house uh, that will force air to come in through the cracks and crevices, and they can find exactly where your house is leaking air and where it leaks air. It also leaks heat and all of those things that you're paying for. Uh, So those are the spots that make your house less comfortable and losing a lot of energy and a lot of money. Um, Along with that blower door, they'll bring out an infrared camera, which will really help pinpoint the heat, the, the hot and cold spots in your house, so again, they can find exactly where you need to focus your energy and your efforts. Along with that technical advi or the, the technical specialist is the energy advisor, who comes in right away at the beginning to get you started saving energy. They'll give you some free things, uh, energy-saving light bulbs, water-saving shower heads, faucet aerators, and even a little insulation to put on your water heater pipes to get you saving energy right away while they help walk you through the process.
1: I can say by experience that that uh, blower door certainly identified some spots that uh, I never would have thought of where uh, where air was uh, leaking in. Okay, so so they'll be in the house, what, a uh, couple hours? Is that about what it takes?
4: Yeah, the, the first assessment takes about a couple of hours, and that gives the the auditor, the assessor, plenty of time to, to walk through and get a full picture of where you best can be saving some energy in your house.
1: Okay, so they leave. Uh, what's going to be the next step in the process?
4: Well, it takes a, a little bit of time, usually a couple of days, to put together the, the results from that technical analysis, and the uh, the technical expert will put it together into a report for you. Um, and that 'll come through your energy advisor again this is this is your advocate, your assistant that 's going to help you through the process, so that energy advisor is going to get the report from the technical assessment and set up a time to chat with you and make sure you understand exactly what that report says and the best ways for you to save energy in your house.
1: Okay, in my report uh, it ranked the top five things to do, um, so I've got the top five what, what happens next?
4: Great, well we, we have a couple options but we're going to want to talk with you again, um, either in your house if you want uh, a nice hand-holding experience or we can do it by the phone if you're busy or, or any other ways that would stop us from, from having some time to chat with you in your House. So the energy advisor will take those top five recommended measures, plus any particular things that you might have a a really strong interest in learning more about yourself and walk you through which ones make the most sense for you right now. Talk about your finances, um, prioritizing which ones will give you kind of the biggest bang for your buck. Um, where is the best place to invest your hard-earned money to really get some good paybacks or or improve the comfort of your house right away?
1: Mm-hmm. And so then I have to walk around and uh, find a bunch of contractors?
4: Actually, no. We're going to help you do that, too. So we have a, a list of Pre vetted contractors that have uh, submitted some qualifications. We've checked out some of their references, and we know we know that they have done some some good quality work in the past here on similar projects. So your energy advisor will look at your your list of what you'd like to get done in the house and connect you with a, a few of the. The contractor's in our pool to say, hey, we'll, we'll go out, get a few bids for you, and then the advisor will again come back and help you make sense of those bids because I know that's a pretty confusing process for a lot of homeowners. How do you compare apples to apples, apples to oranges in these contractor bids, um, helping you really decide which one is going to be the best choice for you and your family?
1: Okay, so your program's only been uh, running a couple of months at uh, full speed, but uh, what kind of surprises have you run into so far?
4: Really, the most surprising thing we've found so far is just how how excited people are in Boulder County to, to have this service available to them. We've had a lot of people calling us on the phones ready to, to take action, to pull the trigger and, and make their houses more comfortable. You know, it's, it's been a cold winter. There's a lot of folks out there that, that are really interested in, in sealing up their houses, making it more comfortable, saving some, energy on, or saving some money on those energy bills.
1: So the next obvious question is, Is uh, what does the program cost? Uh, unfortunately, the limitations on our FCC community radio license prevent us from saying things like that. But uh, go to the uh, the website, which is uh, energysmartyes.com. You'll find out the cost and uh, all sorts of other things and a button on there to, uh, to get started on the process. If you j- just tuned in, we're speaking to Beth Beckel of the Boulder County Energy Smart Service. Um, let's see. So, uh, well, yeah, just... Briefly in the in uh, well we want to get to the uh, the, the, the rental uh, unit, but um, we've had a number of energy audit programs in the city in the county and so on um, and I think it perhaps is obvious from what you've just just said, but focus in on the key innovation with uh, energy smart relative to what we've had before
4: yeah like i've said um this this really is coming from a lot of different services in the past you know we've had uh, reap which is the residential energy action program uh, we've had other uh, subsidized audits, things like that in the past. Uh, even this program used to be called Two Techs in a Truck for any of the, the good energy nerds out there that have been following this along its progression. Energy Smart brings all of those pieces together and tries to make it a one-stop shop. You know, we're really trying to make this as easy for for homeowners and business owners as possible, taking all of the hassles and the guesswork out of this, because we know that it's It's confusing and there's a lot of steps to being able to really upgrade your house, uh, improve the energy efficiency of your home. We want to take all of those steps out and put it into one easy process for you.
1: Okay, and a particularly confusing spot, uh, apart from me anyway, are the different rebate programs from government and, and utilities. Uh, oh, do you take care of that too?
4: We, we know that's a pretty confusing piece. We try to keep up with them ourselves. So uh, that energy advisor hopefully is going to be versed on, on all of the different rebates and other types of financial incentives out there. So uh, we, uh, we train our energy advisors to walk you through that process, help you go out and find uh, rebates from XL Energy or uh, Longmont Power and Communications, whatever your u- local utility is, as well as through the state, the governor's energy office, any other rebates that are out there, they, they'll, ho- they'll know about and help you find the paperwork, even help you fill out that paperwork for you. Because there are, just, there are a lot of steps and a lot of rebates out there. So if we can get them all in, you can really save a bundle on, on these improvements on your house right away.
1: Okay, uh, so let's uh, finish up on uh, people that are renters. Roughly half of uh, Boulder residents are renters rather than owners. Uh, how can Energy Spark help them out?
4: Sure. Well, uh, for those of you in the city of Boulder, you know that energy or er, that uh, last. Last fall, voters passed an ordinance that is going to require landlords and property managers to start complying with some energy efficiency upgrades. Uh, Basically, we've got an issue where the, the landlord usually owns the property, but the tenant is often paying the energy bills. So that's called the split incentive. We're trying to help help fix that problem and and incentivize property managers to upgrade these properties so that that renters can be more comfortable and we're not wasting as much energy in the process. So this is called smart regs. And if you're a city of Boulder uh, property manager or a renter that's calling in to our hotline or signing up on the internet website, we will right away say, Hey, uh, you're in the city of Boulder. Are you interested in smart regs compliance? Now, this is, this is not mandatory yet. You have until 2018. But in the meantime, the people that act right now, we've got a lot of financial incentives. This is really the best time to be making some of these upgrades because there are so much money out there and so much help to get you along the process. So renters and landlords definitely can come in through the Energy Smart Service and will help you comply with uh, that, that Smart Reg's regulation. And I do want to jump in and say, if you jump in now, we do have some limited time rebates through the Energy Smart Service on top of all those utility rebates and a really neat new financing mechanism called a microloan. This is a small loan um, to help, help incentivize some of those smaller efficiency improvements. Low interest rate, very easily accessible. You can find out more details about that as well on the website.
1: Okay, so we have uh, about uh, one minute left. Um uh, so energy smart in addition f- to uh, uh, homeowners uh, uh, tenants uh, so there 's something for businesses as well isn 't there
4: that 's right uh, You can find all the, we don 't have time to go through into all the details you can find those on the website, but we do have programs that are very similar to the the housing side as well for the businesses giving you that personal energy assistant to uh, your advisor to walk you through the process, help you find out where you 're wasting energy hook you up with some great rebates and incentives right now we've got a really good lighting rebate for local businesses here in boulder county so sign up now check it out on the website and uh, no matter who you are if you're in boulder county we would like to help you reach those comfort energy saving goals
1: excellent okay so one more time uh tell us the uh website address and the phone number for energy smart
4: Yeah, please visit us at energysmartyes.com or give us a call at 303-544-1000.
1: Okay, thank you. We've been speaking with Beth Beckel of the Boulder County Energy Smart Service. Thanks for being on How on Earth, Beth. Thank you. That wraps up this edition of How on Earth. Today's show was produced with the help of Shelley Schlender. Tim Morton wrote our theme music. Tom Wassinger produced it. Additional music from Ali Farquatore. Visit our website at
0: howonearthradio.org. Questions or comments? Call the KGNU comment line at 303-447-9911. For How on Earth, the KGNU Science and Technology Show, I'm Ted Burnham. And I'm
1: Tom McKinnon.